again, catching waves, chilling out, digging the pipeline. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tracks in the Treehouse Lounge with your man, Mortimer Magic Main. That is I, and I will be here as your guide today, all day and every day up the lounge. If you manage to find your way here in person, just look for me and I will set you up. If you can only make it up here through the magic of podcast, welcome. It's all good. You're still getting the same punch. <laughs> It is, of course, another beautiful day up here at the lounge. As always, we are high up. We get high. We stay high. We are in the B's. We are in the B's, which means today, major day, okay? Major band, major major musical life influence on your man right here. I'm talking about the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. The Beach Boys were my first favorite band. Can you believe that? Six years old in kindergarten, Alexander Ross Elementary School. My friend Matt was like, I really like that song, Kokomo by the Beach Boys. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, you know that song? Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I wanna take it. And I'm like, yes, I love that song. What is this information that you have for me? I'm only six years old. He said, that song is called Kokomo. And I said, what's that? And he said, I don't know. And he said, it's by a band called the Beach Boys. And I said, the Beach Boys? And he said, yeah. And I said, all right. And I said, how do you know all this? And he said, because I got the cocktail soundtrack and I have it on tape and I got the song. And I said, what the heck is a cocktail soundtrack? And he said, it's a tape. And so I asked for the cocktail soundtrack as well for my birthday and guess what? I got it. And that marked the first time that um, I had ever clearly identified a song as my favorite song and because you know it was my first favorite song ever obviously the band that sang that song was my first favorite band ever okay so that was back that movie that (laughs) totally laughable movie came out uh in 1989 the Kokomo was actually recorded, I think, in 1988, but it made it onto the soundtrack in 89. And when it did, that rocketed Kokomo for one week to number one in the United States. And that marked the first time they had a number one single in 22 years. Can you believe it? Can you believe that? Okay, so a little bit about the Beach Boys here. There's so much here, and, you know, I have... I have a, a, a grip of uh, Beach Boys records. I have at least five or six. So hopefully we're going to be listening to, um, you know, different different tracks in different periods of their development. And it's not going to be in chronological order, I don't think, because the records are not in chronological order. But I will do my best to uh, take us in, you know, like some sort of some sort of linear journey. So starting today, we are going to be getting into one of the old tracks, some of the earlier stuff. But before we listen to that, I'll just give us a little background here. The band performed their first gig at the Ritchie Valens Memorial Hall in Long Beach, California in way back in 1961. And they were a surf band, you know, they had uh, all their stuff was really poppy, melodic, uh, famous for their early vocal harmonies, um, you know, which I really enjoy. Adolescent themes, you know, singing about 
surfing and drag racing and girls and high school and youth and California life and, and all sorts of things like that that could, uh, you know, they really brought the imagery uh, forward within their music. So for anybody that, you know, wasn't alive in California in the 60s, I think we can still kind of get a sense of what life was like in that culture to an extent. So before I get uh, too, too deep into things for my own good, the song that we're going to hear today, well, the album that we're going to hear from today is actually a compilation album called Spirit of America. It came out in 1975 on Capitol Records. It's a double LP, two-disc LP, with about 20 songs that are from the early to mid-60s. The oldest song on this record was recorded in 1965. So today, in order to get a real sense of, you know, the energy that the Beach Boys were bringing, talking about, you know, like shredding motorcycles, getting their girlfriend to hop on the back and just go for a quick little ride. This is a quick little jaunty number from 1964 called Little Honda. Here we go. How awesome was that? How fun was that, right? I want to jump on a Honda too now. You may or may not know that the beating heart of the Beatles was the main singer-songwriter Brian Wilson, um, who was one of three brothers that formed the band as well as their cousin, Mike Love. So it was Dennis, Carl, and Brian Wilson and the cousin Mike Love. And then I think there was another guy, but whatever. (laughs) No disrespect. So, yeah, Brian Wilson was the guy who wrote Good Vibrations, and he had that kind of mental breakdown. Well, he actually struggled with mental health for, for a lot of years, and continues to, I think, even though he's on a, a better road now than he was before. 
1965, uh, Brian Wilson decided to retire from the live performances and focus his efforts solely on working in the studio, which was probably, possibly a reaction to the, um, the, the nascent or the burgeoning British invasion that was happening right at that time too. So all of a sudden you had this, you know, American rock being pitted against British rock. And, and I really wonder, you know, back then, was it Team Beach Boys versus Team Beatles? Like it probably would be today, you know, if you liked band, if you liked one, you couldn't like the other, you know, definitely mutually exclusive for a few years anyways. Because one of the things that happened to the Beach Boys in the second half of the 60s was a lot of people, you know, they tried LSD, psychedelics, they started listening to a lot of other experimental bands and they just weren't with that, you know, rigid, uh, structured uh, verse chorus, verse chorus stuff that the, the Beach Boys had been known for up to that time. So Brian went into the studio, um, he, he, they recorded Pet Sounds, which really changed everything. And uh, Paul McCartney came out to said that God Only Knows, which is on that record, was one of his favorite songs of all time. And that uh, he said that Pet Sounds was actually their main inspiration for uh, the Sgt. Pepper album. So that's pretty cool. But even though that praise was being heaped on Brian, he still felt that he had to compete with the Beatles and that they were just too far ahead of uh, them already and so that can kind of just contributed to his uh, downward spiral uh, which held him entrapped for like a decade. I highly recommend if you're interested in the Beach Boys you have to watch the movie Love and Mercy the um, retelling of Brian Wilson's story starring uh, John Cusack as Brian. It's excellent. It really fills in a lot of the blanks that I had and the it's just a great movie overall. So I won't really talk about that too much other than just go check it out. Okay, yeah, so quick little, quick little tidbits on the Beach Boys. I just want to touch on one more uh, point that I thought was kind of interesting seeing that we have talked about the Monterey Pop Festival before in past episodes and, and the ridiculous amount of talent that was on showcase there in Monterey, California in 1967. So the Beach Boys were actually due to perform at that show but pulled out at the last minute. Now, critics and the, and the haters, which were numerous, would say that it was because, you know, the Beach Boys, the only new sound that they had to offer the festival was their song Good Vibrations that had just come out and that, you know, they couldn't really, they couldn't really hack it with the likes of, of the other artists that were coming out with really experimental and new sounds. But the Beach Boys said that it was actually because one of their founding members, Carl Wilson, had been drafted and was supposed to go to Vietnam, and he said, F that to that. So he became a conscientious objector and was supposed to appear in court you know, because I guess they were going to arrest him uh, instead of sending them to war. And the Beach Boys said that had they performed at Monterey that day, uh, Carl would have been arrested. So that's why they didn't do it. But I think, uh, you know, um, looking back, they probably wish they would have. And last little fun fact was Dennis was the guy who befriended Charlie Manson in 1968 and tried to record some songs for him, but apparently Brian didn't like Charlie, go figure, and uh, didn't want to side him to the record label. 
uh, but they did record one of his songs, which you know was kind of like a nothing. Nobody really paid attention. Uh, except for Charlie, who really liked it, and as you know, the friendship with uh, with Dennis didn't last too long. Maybe, you know, I don't know if he was even a year before the uh, Tate murders uh, were committed. But just before that, there had been so many members of the Manson family just kind of like hanging out and lounging around Dennis's place that he had to kick Charlie out. And then the whole Wilson family was scared that uh, Charlie and his band of crazies was going to come murder them some night. Not knowing that, yeah, you know, they probably were planning on doing that at some point. But um, when it went down uh, uh, with uh, Sharon Tate, that was that. uh, The end of the summer of love, right? Okay, speaking of ending things, well, nothing is ending, right? Because we still got a whole whole day or evening ahead of us. So we're going to go do whatever we're going to do. We're going to be thinking about the Beach Boys today. We're going to be thinking about, uh, you know... I don't know. Good thoughts. Okay. I'll talk to you again soon. It's not going to be too long, kids. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll be back. I will be back tomorrow and I will see you then. Okay. Peace.